Welcome, everybody, to episode 79 of War Room the Hockey Podcast. I'm Evan Rauer. Uh, we'll be, I'll be joined via Zoom by Brad, my dad, again this week as we deal with being separated uh, in different countries at the moment. Um, but we continue to push to bring content for you guys. Um, if you know us, uh, we thank you for your support and your appreciation and your patience. If you don't, welcome. Uh, I'm Evan Rauer. I do this podcast with my dad. Uh, two guys that just love hockey and love talking hockey, though we are pushing and hoping to make it financially viable. Uh, studio is still uh, in the works, uh, still planning and hoping to um, do video portions of the, of this podcast for everybody as well. So look for that. Uh, again, every week we, we talk about some friends of the show, Breakaway Brewing in the Okanagan, um, great friend of the show, great craft beer. You're home for craft beer in the Okanagan Valley. If you are ever in downtown Summerland in the Okanagan, I know it's a wine, it's wine country, but stop in Breakaway Brewing, Victoria Road North in downtown Summerland for tremendous, tremendous craft beer and tacos. Ryan Walter, great friend of the show. It is April, so we hope to have him on this month again, and we hope to have him on as many times as he would like. Um, he's a great friend. Ryan Walter at ryanwalter.com. This week we're talking about Tim Peel. Uh, I mentioned it uh, last week that we would be doing this. Tim Peel and the Tim Peel incident uh, that happened in a game between the Nashville Predators and the Detroit Red Wings. Some controversy around uh, that incident, though um, I struggle with why. Um, I, I am a believer in, as you'll hear during this episode, I'm a believer in uh, certain standards, but at the end of the day, Tim Peel didn't do anything wrong, um, and uh, it was just unfortunate that um, he was caught on a live mic uh, that the PR man in the truck either biffed and didn't uh, silence or bleep out um, or intentionally didn't bleep out for 15 minutes of fame. Either way... Um, we will be discussing the Tim Peel incident this week via Zoom again. So settle in. Episode 79 of Worm, the Hockey Podcast. We'll give you a call to action for social media later on. But episode 79, discussing Tim Peel. We're just going to jump right into it. So here we go. Well, we are back with War Room here. Um, Never a dull moment, is there? No. Uh, I guess we're kind of just jumping into it this week. Um, I mentioned it in the introduction to um, last week's episode um, that we would be covering this topic as I recorded the intro um, to last week's episode um, on the day we recorded this. Um, so it kind of fits together at, at the time that it occurred. Uh, but we are jumping into it uh, today with an officiating discussion. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, we are. Typically stemming from um, Tim Peel and his incident. Yep. Um, first and foremost, War Room here, we, um, we are understanding, we are supportive of officials. Um, they're human beings. They, they, do, they handle the game as best they can, um, each game, um, in the same way that, we, that I personally um, support police officers, for example. We um, want... One, um, and this isn't to say Tim Peel is a bad apple, but no, not at all. But one one mistake or one incident doesn't mean the entire lot of of officials or anything like that is immoral or anything like that. Um, but this is an incident um, that has created a lot of discussion. Um, 
it's it's put i think it's put voice uh, official voice you know on microphone there with with what happened to um a lot of the quote conspiracies that a lot of diehard fans for different teams has kind of always said when they say oh it's homer refing oh it's you know this and that and all of a sudden you get an official being caught on a hot mic um kind of affirming those types of assumptions um in some way and it's created it's created some uh some discussion um i didn't list get a chance to listen to it before we started um but i know uh carrie frazier came out and had um some comments made i'd have to i hate bringing it up and then not having context to continue it um but i know he 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 came out and had uh comments on tim peel and officiating um TSN and Sportsnet have come out and commented on it. Um, Bob McKenzie has has uh, talked about it. Um, one big thing here is he is, according to Bob McKenzie, he's not been fired. Um, he has just been removed. Um, he is a month away from retirement as well. Right. Exactly. And if I'm correct, too, um, you know a lot about it, so you tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm correct, um, officials are unionized as well. So all of a sudden, just before his retirement, if you fire him, taking away his pension, doing all this stuff, the revolt you'd have from officials um, would be tremendous. And, well, um, well, so I don't see that happening. He's. Got I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that I think that's that's just simply where you're at, where where a big part of the reason why he wasn't quote fired um, because there's. A number of things like that, but it's also um, it has it's created the the topic of game management. Um, it's always been done that way by officials, but does that mean that that it's the right way to do it? Um, should, should let me put this question to you to kick off of uh, the actual discussion here. Yeah. Okay. Um, should game management being removed and should there be a standard of officiating that from um like was mentioned on tsn i think either this morning or last night that from the first preseason game to the final buzzer of overtime in game seven and the stanley cup final the standard of officiating and that way you don't uh you don't get the game management stuff because I've never really understood personally uh, the idea of makeup calls and all this stuff. The game flows, the game goes. Your game, the team might be more disciplined than another. And that's why, you know, Vegas will have nine penalties and LA will have two. Thank you. So why, why the makeup calls? Why, you know, this and that, which is where the Tim Peel incident came in. Right. So, um, should there be a standard of officiating? I know, I know that's easier said than done given the human nature of it, but yeah. should there be a standard that you at least live by in some aspect from beginning? In a, in a perfect world, yes. And after the, uh, after the 0405 lockout, there was a standard. And it was a penalty if it was overtime or if it was a preseason game, it was a penalty in the Stanley Cup Finals. It was a it was a penalty in September. If you took seven penalties and the other team took one, quit taking penalties. 
It wasn't the official's fault. Nobody was out to get you. There was so much blowback from that, from the star players, from the GMs, from the owners, from the board of governors, from the players association, from everybody. The blowback was so bad that it lasted one season or maybe not even a complete season. And they had to go back to kind of calling it pretty even. So, if, and, and how many times as a player or as a coach, or, and you've officiated, how many times do you, have you sat on the bench, and, and myself included, we've just had three power plays in a row, and I go up and down the bench and tell everybody, don't breathe on anyone, don't look cross-eyed, because if you scowl at the other team, you're going to get a penalty, it's our turn. And sure enough, you brush up next to somebody, he has a yard sale, and you're in the box. So if you be careful what you wish for, if you want every penalty called by the book, by the rule book, fine, do that, but tell the officials what to do and then shut up because Tim Peel did nothing more than every official in every capacity in every league has done since the beginning of time. He simply kept himself and his teammates out of harm's way by not letting it get lopsided penalty-wise. Victor Arvidsson and the Nashville Predators take more penalties for diving. They take more embellishment penalties. Him, he leads the league in it every year. Nashville takes more penalties for diving every year than the rest of the 29 teams or 30 teams put together. Hmm. So there are issues going on here. Players and coaches cross the line with officials. You know it. You've heard it. You've been... You've been on the receiving end of it in a minor hockey game they cross the line they talk about your family they talk about your mother they talk about everything and officials are human when you cross the line like that don't whine to me if the official is a little sensitive and calling it's a penalty if you do it to brad marchand but it's not a penalty if he does it to you guess why right we all know that The only thing that happened here, and everybody understand this, everybody listening understands, the only thing that happened here is Tim Peel got caught saying it out loud. 100%. It happens in every period of every game, every night, with every official, period. I don't care what Kerry Fraser says. I don't care what anybody says. We know we probably have beer and discussions with guys who have refereed, I want to say, well north of 10,000 games in the National Hockey League. Know them personally. They'll talk to us off the, off the record. They will tell us things that they won't tell anybody else. This happens every night. It's the way it is. Unfortunately, he said it into an open mic someplace, and everybody in the world knows what the real story is here. Now, one other point that, that has to be made, this doesn't affect the game. It doesn't affect the officials. The players aren't surprised by it. The officials aren't surprised by it. It's a shame he got caught. Here's where you got a problem. The National Hockey League, like every other sports league, like every other sport, is entering into massive jillion-dollar partnerships with gambling sites. Yeah. Betting on hockey games is now perfectly above board. They're wide open about it. They're even in partnership with these guys. Now you might have not just the Stanley Cup playoffs in question. Now you got a billion dollars on the line someplace around the world with 
FanDuel or DraftKings, you got to be really, really careful with this from now on. And that's it. The, the way it's called, just make up your mind, decide how it's called, and just and then leave the guys alone. Make the decision, vote on it as a PA, vote on it as a board of governors. Here's what we're going to do, and then shut up. Don't ever say another word about it. Don't complain to the media about it. Leave them out, leave them alone. They're the best in the world. They have integrity. There is nothing going on here that didn't go on for the last hundred years. That's it. And, and Tim Peel is taking the fall un, unfairly. He's a great guy. He's a 13, 1400 game official. He's a, he's the best of the best. Leave him alone. Well, a couple things uh, too with it. Um, is there something to be said though, that there was some game management in a game between Nashville and Detroit when this happened, two teams that aren't in the playoffs, aren't going to make the playoffs. So did it need that type of game management? Um, that's me more devil's advocate asking <laughs> than anything, um, because I agree with the type of answer that I'm sure you're going to give. But um, there is talk going around from everything I've read and seen that why did he and, and the other officials feel the need to manage that game between two teams that are at the bottom of the league? We may never know the true answer to that question. There may have been something, there may have been something said prior to the game or at intermission or somewhere. There may have been something said to Tim and his crew. Maybe they were getting a lot of pressure from one bench or the other. Maybe there was said something said from the supervisors, you know, from Stephen Walkham's crew. Um, and I know Billy McCreary does some some uh, on-site supervision and several of the other uh, old old-time veteran guys. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe there's been complaints. Maybe there's been, you know, one one team or the other is saying, you know, we're getting screwed over every night. And they go to the they go to the PA or they go to the league, which turns around and goes to the officials association and says, look, and and let's just say it it was uh, it's Detroit, for example. I don't know this. I'm just saying, for example, Detroit has gone to the league and Steve Eiserman said, look, I, I'm looking at the last 65 games we've played. We've had, you know, we've had 30% more penalties called against us than our opponents. Doesn't matter who we're playing. Doesn't matter what night or who's officiating. Why is that? We suck. Why are you, why are you taking it out on us? May have never happened. Everybody be perfectly clear on this. I don't know. This did not happen. I'm using it as an example. If that happened, somebody taps Tim Peel on the shoulder and says, hey, we're getting a lot of blowback from Detroit. Be real careful tonight. I don't know. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on. That's why you have a supervising uh, team of officials. It's why you have a war room in Toronto. It's why you have video review. The, these guys are constantly under scrutiny, not because they don't have integrity or that they don't know what they're doing, but as Jay Shares told us, we welcome video review, not to second guess us, but to make sure that we get it right and we understand what we're doing. We want it to be right. Yeah. So review it all you want. I'd rather be wrong than to let the game be decided by a missed call. So 
That's why there's a whole lot of people get paid a whole lot of money to go to these games. And like our friend Brad Lazarowicz does in, in, in Canada, you go to these games, you pay guys to go and supervise the officials and monitor them and make them better. And then you have cameras in every corner to make the, the game better. Not because the guys don't know what they're doing or because they're cheats. It's only to make the game better. So it, it, they're all for it. And, and everybody needs to understand that. Should there be somewhat of a standard just on the basis of, because uh, Sidney Crosby came out recently and commented, um, the players are struggling um, to understand what is and is not uh, a bad hit or what mm -hmm. is or is not a penalty. Um, yes. And because I've noticed it too um, when you watch games or anything like that, how this, this, is a, this is a slashing penalty and all he did was poke, the, poke for the puck and it rip, rode up the guy's stick and then – a two-hand whack on the back of some guy's legs is left alone, right? right? You know what I mean? um, I'm in no way a Tom Wilson fan, but Tom Wilson can, can run a guy and get fined. But Tanev the other day in Pittsburgh, which led to, which led to Crosby's comment, can complete his check, just finish his check, and it was just a bad angle or an awkward fall. And he gets a five minute misconduct and, and is all this and that for a bad boarding penalty. Like what, what is and is not a good hit? What is and is not a penalty or a good penalty or, or anything like that? Should there, should there at least be a standard on that, that manage the game, do this and that, fine. It is what it is because that's the way officials run and, and they do a good job of it. But should there be a standard, at least on that basis, so that you're not wondering what is and is not goaltender interference or what is or is not hooking or slashing or diving or boarding or hit from behind or headshots or anything like that, that this is it. And if we see it this way and it is, then guess what? 10-minute misconduct, three-game suspension, you're gone. If, it isn't, if it's this way, then you're good. And if it's this way, two minutes, fine. But a, at least a standard there. Yes. And, and to answer your question, the short answer is yes. And there is a standard. And it is not set by the officials, no more than the law is set by the police officer. The league, the Department of Player Safety, the Players Association, and the Board of Governors, they all get together and they propose rule changes no matter what it is. Sidney Crosby chops off Mark Mathot's finger, now slashes to the hand are always going to be a penalty. Matt Duchesne goes a minute and a half offside. Now we've got video review on the blue lines, right? You get, you get how all that works. Yep. But the, so the, the, the Players Association, the league, Department of Player Safety, they all get together and they propose and vote on rule changes. They then hand that to the officials. The officials are then charged with interpreting that. So the rule book is written in letters, in black and white print. The, the officials have to interpret that on the ice at full speed every night with pucks and bodies flying by. 
So that's where the challenge is. And that's why there is now video review of expanding more and more things are under video review now than ever before, probably going to get bigger and bigger. That's why it's there. That's why it's there in every sport. So the, the standard is set. It is not set by the officials, but they have to interpret it on the ice. With that said, it's, that's why the officials have so much support and so much review. That's why Toronto gets involved in the war room. That's why the other war room, you know, <laughs> they've got one too. Yes. Uh, that's why there are supervising officials on site at a lot of games. That's why there are constantly, there's feedback so that guys can say, this is not how the league wants this one called. Or this is exactly how the league wants to call it. And they show you how to and how not to examples. So, yes, there is a standard and it is set by the league. And, and then the officials are charged with executing. And you know, because you've officiated, you know how difficult that is. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, from a fan perspective, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the screw Tim Peel and oh, how dare you do this and that. Um, Don't listen to a word of that. Oh, 100%. But I'm, I'm just speaking from like a diehard fan perspective. You know you know the comments I've made in, in the heat of the moment <laughs> about Brad Watson and things like that, being, a, being a, an Avalanche fan. Uh, oh. So it's easy to get caught up in that. Um, <laughs> And I, I don't want to just blindly defend officials. You know what I mean? Like they need to be held accountable for certain things, just like anybody else. But, sure. but um, I think people who truly know the game or understand the game either do will or should understand the pressure that officials are under. And that at the end of the day, you can make the argument all you want about whether it should or should not be be conducted that way game management this or that but it's always been the game's always been managed and it's always been officiated that way and it is what it is i again i i do believe there the um knowing what is and isn't a a penalty and and a good hit and um not allowing an official to dictate an important playoff game on a on a weak high stick call or something like that uh I, I stand firm with that. Those are things that, you know, unless it's just absolutely vicious, you know, slash to the head like McSorley type right. of thing, let them play because it's a playoff game. Let them go because if you because it's this call that's going to lead to uh, a Vegas Golden Knights power play and an over and an overtime victory in Game yeah. Seven, like you. You know what I mean? Like, I know oh, things that are, you know, unless it's just so blatantly a hit, hit to the head or, or whatever. Like, so I do stand firm with that, but beyond that, to try not to be so critical because at the end of the day, you couldn't be any more successful doing it than they are <laughs> and everything like that. So um, no, I'll give you a perfect good example, Evan. And, and this is one that you know well the most recent suspension of Tom Wilson. Yeah. Who was the guy he laid the hit on? Brandon Carlo. Brandon Carlo, sure. I'm sorry. Thank you. Brandon Carlo. Good, honest player, Brandon Carlo. Um, just, I happened to be watching um, 
a discussion on television on Sportsnet, I believe it was. And the, the panel was split. There were four people there, players, uh, a, a general manager, two players, and a former coach. They were split right down the middle. Two of them said, suspend him. He should get at least five games, maybe more, because he was a repeat offender. And two of them said it shouldn't have even been a penalty. Not even a two-minute penalty. Perfectly good, clean, hard hit. The other two said, throw the guy out of the league for, you know, for the next five to ten. That's how split these calls are. And these are guys who are inside the game, and they are watching this over and over and over, frame by frame. Imagine trying to make that call at full speed. This is what we're dealing with. So when people like you and you you're, have the same frustration as every fan, as every coach, player, GM, fan, and owner in, the, in all of hockey, sometimes I don't get why this one's called this way and the next one isn't. I don't understand it. That's why. Because the, the opinions can still, even in a case like that Tom Wilson hit on Brendan Carlo, those the opinions of guys who have played the game, coached the game, recruited and managed from the press box, those the, the opinions are so widely split on those calls, it's impossible to get it completely right. So that when you take it from the written word in the rule book and you apply it on ice at full speed, that's why you get discrepancy. Yep. So to answer your question, yes, there should be a standard, and there is. It is really hard to apply. Yeah. Extremely hard to apply. This is the fastest game in the world. It's a violent game, and there's a lot at stake. So this is why it happens. Anyway, but I, I got one. <laughs> and I, I don't want to pick on the guy when he's down, but and I, I like Tim Peel. I think the world of Tim Peel. Uh, look. There's probably a YouTube video. I'm going to say it was three or four years ago. He's standing off to the side of the net where the low, the low down official, the lower on the ice official, uh, stands by the goal line. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was a dump in or, or a, a hard around. Somebody from the point threw the puck into the corner. Oh, it hit him in square in the yeah. I know this one. It hit, him. hit him square in the nuts, and then hit him square in the seeds, and went in the net. Yeah. It was it, and poor Tim Peel. It knocked him right on his can. He. It was the funniest darn thing, and I'm sure that just like the egg coming out of the upper deck and and landing on top of uh, uh, John McCauley's head, uh, like that. That's going to have to go down in one of the all time official blooper reels. It was awesome. But it, anyway, you know, it's a fast, violent game and these things happen. And, and listen, the long and short version of my take on this is Tim Peel is a fine referee. He's the best of the best. He is, he's a great guy and a great official. And he wouldn't have refed 1,300 and some odd games in the National Hockey League if he wasn't. He just said the wrong th- – he, he didn't say the wrong thing. He said it at the wrong time. Yeah. So when you turn to your colleague and say, well, that one was a little soft, but I thought we needed to call it. 
needed to kind of even things up a little, but it was a pretty soft penalty. Just said it at the wrong time, but it gets, it's said probably five times a night in every lead. Is there a solution to it though? And then we'll, we'll end the, officially end the official conversation. <laughs> Is there a solution to something like that though, by either by, I'm careful to say this so it doesn't come across like I'm an 100% advocate for it, but is there a solution by maybe miking all the, the officials? Kind of the way, kind of the way, you know, police have body cams on them, the, yeah. you know, the mics are there and they're always on, right? Because you can't, you can't very well shut off um, the ice level microphone, which is what the ice audio microphone, which is what picked Tim Peel up when he said right. that. Um, because then you don't get the sound of the game for the national broadcasts. So is the solution to maybe the, the objective common sense solution is to just let it go, like yeah. get over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but is the solution for everybody out here on a witch hunt looking for a solution to mic every official you're now, you're now mic'd. you met you, you official, you manage the game, how you're going to manage it but you're now mic'd, so watch what you say. So now, it, so now it's not so freaking obvious that, okay, I'm going out and I'm looking for a penalty against Nashville, even right. though let's, let's be real, anybody who knows the game knows that officials do that kind of thing. But do you mic them all so that they're careful to not voice it? Right. Because it's a liability concern, like you mentioned, with sponsors and, and gambling and all this stuff, that right. Tim Peel said this, which is why close to his retirement or not, he wasn't fired. Right. Because at the end of the day, they know that this is officials and this is how it's done. But because of financial liability, sponsorship concern, they removed him, ushered him away, right? The same way they did Don Cherry. We're ushering you away. We're not going to keep you from running your podcast or whatever, but we're going we're gonna to quote, fire you and usher you away so that you're not saying you people on national television while, while Sportsnet, an advocate for, for homosexuality, equality, and for all these different things, isn't connected to somebody that says those words while we have sponsors that support this. Right. Is it the same type of thing where Peel was removed because of the sponsorship thing? Well, now all of a sudden we can't have that out there because we've got people that want to bet on these hockey games. And if they find out that officials go around doing this, officially then oh my gosh that skews things so i think that's why he wasn't fired but as a as a result do you see them miking at all the officials to kind of make them aware that hey watch what you say here because it clearly was him saying it not doing it that was the problem i would as much as i hate the idea uh there are aspects of it that would work in the officials favor so that when, when somebody did attack your family history or something like that, I mean, people make fun of you if you've got a cocaine problem, if you're overweight, if, you know, your sister had a, got arrested or something, you get a DUI, an impaired driving, they're going to make fun of everything. They're going to go all over you for no matter, and, and nothing is off limits anymore. It would help defend the officials in a way, the way body cams do with police officers. I think they they would hate it as much as I imagine they would uh, and they probably would never sign off on that unless the players were miked as well yeah right but 
I don't know. That's a that's an odd idea, but it's you know. Uh, I'd, I'm in I'm in favor of it just on the basis of I want to get more Wes Macaulay tidbits. <laughs> I want to I want to get more of his his personality and his interactions on the ice on, under microphone um, and everything like that. The same way you do when he's calling a penalty or a goal and he's giving yeah. his emphatic stuff or or doing yeah. whatever. Um, or you know you've seen mic'd up moments from him. You know, talking to Brad Marchand about how if I didn't call you a penalty on you, I'd be vilified. You know, and, all that, like, and everything like that. I'd I'd love to see at least Wes McCauley, Mike, just for the basis of just hearing him constantly on the ice and what what he's doing. But well, that would be that would be as good as watching the game itself. That yeah, I'm with you there. I there was um, I think you and I may have talked about this at one time. I won't name the names, but a well-known player, Hall of Fame player, well-known coach, Stanley Cup winner. Players didn't care much for this guy. And he was being an absolute jackass on the bench. And he starts ripping into the referee, who you and I both know. So the captain, he sends the captain over to tear a strip off the referee during a whistle, during a timeout. The captain skates across the ice, starts waving his arms. And he goes, hey, blank, this guy is such an asshole. Will you please throw him out of the game? I want to look like I'm really ripping into you, but would uh, please just throw him out. We can't stand him anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what the rest of the story went. I don't think the coach got thrown out, but this is the kind of stuff that you would just pay, pay good money to hear. It, the interaction between players and officials, it, it would be awesome. But no, I don't, I don't, it doesn't need to be fixed. It's like, it, it's like the, the Bill Peters comment 11 years ago in the minor leagues, there's no racism to fix. It was a comment about music in the dressing room. It wasn't because we don't like black players or you're not going anywhere. It was a dumb comment. It doesn't need fixing. Officials don't need to be fixed. Now, for the gambling aspect, they need to be very, very, very careful. But there is nothing to fix. If you get your hockey knowledge from Twitter, then just go ahead. Have at it. If you get your hockey knowledge from being inside the game with the players, the coaches, the officials, the ownership and management, then you know better. Yeah. But if your, if your hockey knowledge comes from social media, I can't help you anyway. Yep. You're, you're too far gone at that point. You're just hopeless. So anyway, um, enough of that. Yep. Uh, we kind of we missed our agree goal. where agree where we stand with Tim Peel. And, you know, all this, <laughs> yes. um, I wish I wish I wish we had more Wes McCauley moments on recording. Um, I do maybe, too. maybe one day we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we. Uh, this this topic kind of popped up, so we missed this week anyway. The ability to discuss junior hockey a little bit. Yes, um, we're gonna put we'll push that to next week. Um, I just happen to be available. Kind of jump into it next week. Um, yeah. At, at that point next week, things will kind of be already underway a little bit, but we'll still be able to talk about it. Um, one thing I do want to mention before we close out today, though, simply because it's starting. Um, this weekend is uh, the Frozen Four. Um, oh yeah, their bracket is officially figured out. Um, your 
conference champions, your six automatic bids, uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, <laughs> uh, American International, Whoa. Lake Superior State, uh, UMass, Amherst. Wow. And um, St. Lawrence from the ECAC. They beat Quinnipiac um, to be uh, an automatic bid from the ECAC. Now, note there, um, they beat Quinnipiac. They won the ECAC championship and then immediately pulled out. Um, there was a, uh, their coach tested positive for COVID. Uh, so they immediately withdrew from the national tournament. Um, therefore Quinnipiac as the runner up gets their automatic bid. Um, so Quinnipiac, um, though they are not the ECAC champions, they are the automatic bid from the ECAC okay. into the national tournament. Another note on uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame did not win Big Ten. That was Minnesota, but Notre Dame uh, did well enough this year that they were selected. Notre Dame has pulled. Um, they were um, a first-round matchup in the national tournament with Boston College. Um, Notre Dame has been pulled due to COVID reasons. Um, really? so Boston College uh, gets an automatic uh, buy into the next round. Um, so, unfortunately, you're going to see things like that on this year anyway. Um, so and right now your matchups um, to s officially kick off the, the national tournament, North Dakota will face American International. Minnesota Duluth will take on Michigan. Wisconsin will take on Bemidji. Lake Superior State will take on UMass Amherst. Minnesota gets uh, Nebraska Omaha. Minnesota State gets Quinnipiac. Uh, Boston College got Notre Dame, but as we just mentioned, Notre Dame pulled, so Boston College automatic buy, and St. Cloud gets Boston University. So this is the first year in a number of years that Denver is, is not in. Not in. Um, but it's a good tournament field. Hopefully we don't get too many of the Notre Dames throughout yeah. this and, and being pulled, yeah. but that's your first round matchups. Um, as far as I know, if I have the dates correct, uh, that starts this weekend, 26th or 27th. Um, 16 teams? Well, 15 now. 15 now, but 16 total. Um, 16 total going. Um, so um, any, I know I know more about NCAA than you do, just on the, the attention I give it. Um, yes. Based on the field I just listed, do you have – um, predictions since by the time we record next week, it will already be underway. Do you have predictions yeah. on who the, f the final four are the four in, in the official frozen four will be the four teams. I don't know how the brackets break down because I haven't looked at it yet, but I like the, um, the Ottawa senators, uh, which is right now it's the North Dakota Sioux. Um, and of course, you know, when you got Caulfield and, and uh, Holloway, you got like Wisconsin, you know, and Boston. Boston Ken, Johnson and Ken Johnson and Michigan. Michigan, yeah. So, so. Yeah, unless they have to face each other, you know, I, I'm going back to the old school. I like Nodak. I like, um, I like Wisconsin. I like Boston University and probably Michigan, unless they match up to where they can't get past one another. You know what I mean? Um, so. I believe um, 
And I don't know what the seeding, seeding the bracket, looks like. The bracket uh, doesn't get reseeded um, because again, you're all in, in regions, right? Okay. Uh, so it's four teams per region and four regions. And the winners that come out of each region are your final four. So in one region, it's North Dakota, American International, UMD, uh, Minnesota Duluth, and Michigan. Oh, okay. Only one team is going to come out of those. Gotcha. Um, the next region, Wisconsin, Bemidji, Lake Superior State, and UMass Amherst. Okay. Only one team so, can come out of there. No deck in Wisconsin so far. Okay. Uh, your third region, Minnesota, Nebraska, Omaha, Minnesota State, and Quinnipiac. That's your third region. Um, and your fourth region, um, Boston College, Notre Dame, St. Cloud, and Boston University. Boston College already in the next round. We already discussed that. Um, so only one team out of there. So based on that, your your two teams so far, North Dakota and Wisconsin. I'm going to say um, probably Minnesota. And, it's hard to go like against Minnesota North, and Boston University. It's hard to go against North Dakota. I'll say them. I'm going to say I'm going to say probably UMass Amherst. I like them. Hmm, okay. And then I'm going to say Minnesota um, yeah. and Boston University. Okay. We've got, we've got three out of four the same. The only one I didn't go, uh, go with, I took Wisconsin instead of uh, Amherst, U.S. Amherst. Uh, national championship, just based on their play, it's hard to argue against North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Um, just based on, on play. But anything, anything obviously can happen. That's the beauty of it. But anyway, um, yeah. national, or, tournament, national tournament is seeded, bracketed, and ready. They're st- kicking off this weekend, so it should be good. Um, junior in. hockey, uh, BCHL, and the other junior, the other junior leagues, um, they are in bubbles. Um, I know here locally, Penticton, um, Cranbrook, and Trail are the three teams uh, playing out of Penticton. So Penticton is your, your, your bubble there. They're playing out of Penticton. Um, and they'll play, I think it's only a 20 or 21 game schedule. I think that's all they're doing this year is 20 games or so. And they're cool. just playing three teams, just playing each other for the 20 games. Um, Either way, good for hockey to be back on the ice. We'll, we yeah. can discuss it. We can discuss it more next week in depth. Week. More in depth. Yeah. But let me give you a teaser in far in the junior hockey world. Fifteen-year-old uh, Connor Bedard in Regina, yeah, the city that rhymes with fun. Uh, <laughs> lighten it up. Six games, ten points. Uh, eighth in the league in scoring as a 15 year old, as a undersized, underaged guy. So watch for this kid. Got a lot of press, uh, made a lot of splash being the first uh, exceptional player status in the WHL in history. So name to watch and he's off to a great start. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that next week because you know how much we love junior hockey. here. So we'll discuss it more in depth next week. Yeah. Um, on a more official uh, junior, junior and major junior hockey and everything like that as things kind of start to slowly get underway a little bit with them. Um, we'll also discuss next week as well because it fits within the realm of junior hockey and all that stuff. Um, we'll discuss uh, the updated bracket for the national championship in the NCAA um, well, and all that stuff. A lot to look forward to. Um, before, um, before we close out, make sure you head to social media. 
um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I know we just said that if you get your hockey from social media, <laughs> that um, you're kind of a lost cause. But uh, <laughs> I like to think we don't give major. Uh, I like to think that we we give more objective fact fact based information than a lot of other things. So um, again, we're never wrong, right? So no. Um, Head to head to Facebook and Instagram, Warren Hockey Podcast, and at Warren Hockey Podcast, respectively. Make sure you like and follow us there. Engage with us. Um, ask questions. Share stories. Um, any anything you want explained or answered, we're happy to do it. Um, make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You subscribe, rate, and review. That's the big one. Um, yes, you've heard me state before uh, my personal opinions on on reviews, um, but. It is the big one to help us continue to grow up, up the charts and, and, and continue. So um, please do that. And uh, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to a lot of uh, junior discussion next week. A lot of good hockey coming in the NHL yes. the remainder of this week. Um, hopefully we'll have more clarity here as things go um, that on um, how many teams, if any, will not uh, play all 56. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. Colorado it? just announced that they're bringing some fans back on April 2nd. Um, so teams are slowly starting to do that. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, so a lot to look forward to. Uh, anything you want to close out with before we finish? Well, uh, regarding social media, the best part about it is if you go to social media, you'll eventually get to us. So that's the best use of it that I can think of. And I presume that our that our NCAA bet, and I'm at a disadvantage because you watch this a lot more closely than I do. I presume that our bet is going to be the standard pint of beer at Breakaway. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but that only if we disagree on who the the um, national <laughs> champion is. So yeah, I don't, and I don't know if you gave your prediction. Um, well, it sounded like you agreed with me when I said North Dakota. So absolutely, I, I couldn't bet against North Dakota. But let's see who gets the most out of the four, or we let's, can do let's, the let's see. Let's see what the final four is, and then we can yeah. make the prediction there. Perfect. And then that's the bet. Okay. There you go. So we'll do hey, that. Thanks for having me on, man. Yep. Appreciate Good it. Thanks for you. joining. I'm Evan Rower with Warm the Hockey Podcast. We'll see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.